Amen? Here we go. We've got a little, 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 little funny story for you this morning here. After being away on business for a week before his wife's birthday, Tom thought it would be nice to bring his wife a little gift. Smart. How about some perfume, he asked the cosmetics clerk. She showed him a bottle costing $50. Ooh, that's a bit much, he said. So, he returned, so she returned with a smaller bottle of $30. Ooh, that's quite a bit too, he said. Growing disgusted, the clerk brought out a tiny little gift of $15. Tom grew agitated. What I mean, he says, I like to see something really cheap. The clerk brought out a mirror. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> You're cheap. Let's not go cheap on our friends and on our spouses, right? Okay, so we're in the middle of this, uh, or oh, middle, we're not in the middle, we're at the, at the start of the Colossians series, week two, right? So uh, week two today, and uh, wow, what an incredible uh, thing we had last, last week, such a powerful message in Colossians. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible, together with Ephesians, and of course it was one of the four uh, prison epistles that was written by Paul in Rome about the same time. I don't know if it was like a consecutive or he was like all four of them. He said, okay, I'll try to write a bit more of that one. And that, I don't know, was a project for Paul? I have no idea. But anyway, it was all there. And uh, so Ephesians, Philemon, Colossians, and thank you, Philippians. Is it? I don't even know. <laughs> Forget now. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you guys are scholars, aren't you? So good, so good. Anyway, and the purpose of this, the purpose of this book is basically to show the, to the Colossian church where Paul was never at. He was never went to Colossians, but he heard about these guys. And he wanted to make sure that they knew the full revelation of Jesus Christ. What he had done for them on the cross. What the inheritance was for the saints. But also to provide warning. Because there was these false teachings going around, which we'll see later on in the book. So that's really um, happening in, I think, four, uh, two weeks' time. And so, and so here we, we continue the second part of Colossians, and we start at verse 15. But in my Bible, in the NIV, it says, on the top it says, the supremacy of Christ. Everybody say supremacy. Does anybody know what supremacy mean? Good. Well, it says, it's the state or condition of being superior in all others in authority power status so he's talking about jesus paul's talking about jesus the supremacy of jesus christ who is superior over all authority power status anywhere in the universe how amazing and i want you also to note as we read this through this first part all the alls all the alls so the a-l-l the word all are all in Americans, for the Americans, all, y'all. All, all, I want you to see the alls, the seven alls in there, and one is uh, everything, which is also all, really, so like eight. So I want you to stand, and we're going to read, and when, when all comes along, just stand now, we're going to read together, and when all comes along, say all strong, okay? So you're like all, because Jesus said all. Let's, let's try it. Here we go. All. Okay, that's really good. Here we go, all together, verse 15. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, 
whether thrones or power or rulers or authorities, all things. <laughs> for him, he is before all things and in all things. <laughs> and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." May the Lord bless his word. Amen. You may be seated. Wow, this is so awesome. Well done, by the way. I love this. Do you feel awake now? It's good. Yeah, it's awesome. So good. All, 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 all. I mean, come on. God is so amazing. Jesus is so amazing. And he wants to show the Colossians and us, of course, how amazing Jesus is. How awesome Jesus is. He's the firstborn over all creation. And the thing is, though, he actually is the creator. You see here that he created all things above and below, all things in the universe. He is before all things, and he'll be also after all things. In him, all things hold together. The head of the church, all the fullness of God dwells in him. And in him, all things will reconcile with his blood. Are you getting a vision, a bit bigger vision of Jesus? That's my purpose here this morning, to get a bigger vision of Jesus. See, it's all about Jesus. This whole Colossians series, we have Colossians and I have the byline, it's all about Jesus. Let's say it together. It's all about, <laughs> do it again. It's all about, I love that. It's so good, so good. I don't know what you guys are on today. Is the water? So good, so good. And it says here that Jesus is the exact image of the invisible God. So when you look at Jesus, you look at God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Same. It's the exact image of God. It's just amazing how amazing God is. Now, I love these words. I was thinking about this as I was preparing. I love this uh, song, the Christmas song that we sing, Mary, Did You Know? Anybody love this song? One of my favorite songs ever. And so I was going for that, and I completely lost it when I was reading it. Is it on it? Do you love it too? Mary, did you know? Come on, hands <laughs> Okay. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. No, we don't have time for this. Sorry. We'll worship later. Uh, this is it. So Mary, did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is the Lord of all creation and that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Mary, did you know, here we come, that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb and that this sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Is the great I am. See, Jesus is the great I am. So we sometimes, you see throughout all the, 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 the gospel, he talks about I am the gate, I am the door, I am the everything. He's talking about I am the great I am. He's the first, he is creator, God. I tell you, sometimes we think like God the Father is the creator and Jesus is just his son because we think about our own son and he does something, he comes to earth, goes to the cross and salvation, raised from the dead. How wonderful, thank you Jesus for wonderful for doing this thing. But maybe that's about all. But God is to create a God. 
But I want to suggest here, when you look at scripture, there's no way you can get around this, that he is creator. Co-creator. He is the word made flesh. The eternal word made flesh. He is absolutely blaming awesome. And he is God. I mean, there's some religious, of course, that don't believe Jesus was even God. You know, all this kind of stuff. He is God. It's so incredibly powerful, the creator. And we see this in the alls. This is such a beautiful testimony of God as Trinity. Trinity is not in the Bible. But the far faith fathers, the fathers who came, they said there's something about the Trinity, the God three and one, one and three. And here we see this whole beautiful picture of, of, of the Father and the Son. And of course, the Holy Spirit, and we worship Him. Verse 20, and now we have peace. Peace through His blood. See, because He reconciled all things, y'all, all things to, to Himself, right? Actually, what it means in the Hebrew, the all things, actually is back, bringing things back to Himself. I love this in the Passion Translation, which, which basically clears this up better. Verse 20, and by the blood of His cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to Himself. Back to its original intent. Restored to innocence again. Isn't it beautiful? This is so incredible. Everything is brought back to its original intent to Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross. And basically what happens is, just imagine this, that everything is brought back to before the fall. Before anything ever went wrong, before Adam and Eve ever sinned, before Jesus brings us right here. Now he deals with this on the cross. That's why he took the sin of the world upon himself. John says here, the Lamb of God takes the sin of the world, not the sins, the sin of the world, which was the whole thing. And then he takes to the grave and then he goes backwards to original intent, to innocence again. See, this is so powerful. This is so powerful that we are living in this beautiful gospel. And Paul is so excited about this. What happened at the cross is so powerful that I don't believe we'll ever, ever, ever get it. I mean, honestly with you, the last couple of years, even this year, I've had so more appreciation about the cross. I was like I said to you, I, want to, I like to have a real cross here. We have one, but it's going to fall over. And so we need to have a strong one. I, I love just the, the hug, the cross. He's mine. Because everything what he did on the cross, everything... Everything that we have is because of the cross. So it's so powerful for us, so wonderful for us, so beautiful. The fullness that God wants to show us is so powerful. And then Paul applies it to ourselves, verse 23. He says, once you were aliens from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, to present you what? Holy in His sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. There's nothing to be accused anymore, because the sin of the world has been dealt with. We're back to innocent again. Innocent people don't get judged. There's nothing. No condemnation, no guilt, no nothing. Amen? I want to show you, just to show you, because I want you to really get this. It's so important in this way. So beautiful what He's done for us. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. 
Once we were all far away from God, right? We're all far away from God. We were lost. We were cut off from God. But now, by faith, we get included into the reconciliation of God. And by his death on the cross, this whole thing of sin payment was once for all. That's why it was death. Because the penalty was death for all of us. And now Jesus took the penalty. He took it to the grave. He rose victorious. And that's why it's so wonderful because we are alive in him. But sin has been dealt with. Amen. It is finished. That's what he said. It is finished. And because of that, Jesus makes us holy, blameless, without blemish and all these words. There's a microphone to this side of the microphone. Back to its original intent. Back to innocence. Again. There's now nothing between you, verse 21 in the Passion, and the Father God. Because he sees you as holy and flawless and restored. Innocence and innocence forever. Now I want to show you a little illustration. There's a court case. Paul talks a lot about court cases, about justice and things, particularly in Romans. The book of Romans is all about a kind of a court case. Guilty, not guilty, Jesus paid the price. Also, it's like a court case. And here there's like a court case. For example, say a man is accused of a terrible crime. He abused somebody. And in the process of the trial, it becomes obvious that he is guilty because he abused this person. And before the sentence is served, the judge asks the family, Say, family, is there anything you want to say? The family say, thank you, thank you, judge, for just doing a great trial. And we know now he's guilty, but we forgive him. We don't want you to sentence him. And the judge will slam down the gavel, and he says, the accused is forgiven. Now, we sometimes think that this is the gospel. That we have been wrong, we are sinful people, and that God, of course, saves us and cleanses all this kind of stuff. We are forgiven sinners. The problem is, if this man would leave the courthouse, we know, and he goes down the stairs, down the courthouse, door to his car, there would still be the stigma in his life because he is a forgiven sinner. Everybody knows he's done it. He's guilty. But the family and God forgave him. It's beautiful, but it's not the gospel. It's beautiful, but it's not the gospel. Let's slightly change the scenario. He goes to this, this, this uh, court case. And during the court case, it's very obvious that he was never there. He was in another country. And it was beyond any doubt, doubt that he was not there. He is completely innocent in this way. He's proven innocent. And at that time, the judge will slam down the gavel and he will say, justified. Justified means as if you have never sinned. You've never done it. It's completely innocent because he is instant. And so this man then leaves the courthouse and walks to his car, not a forgiven sinner, but an innocent man. See, and that's the gospel. Some people still think, I'm so bad, I know my stuff. Yes, Jesus saw that. While we were still sinners, he gave his life for us. And he goes to the cross and pays the penalty with his own life. This is, can I remind you, the king of glory, the creator who holds everything together, who is God, who is also before, before, after, before, above, beyond, all that kind of stuff. He becomes a human being, a baby, goes to a cross. That is just insane. But he did it for us. But not just forgive us. He's done it. But then what happens is, he actually says, it's no longer there. 
And some of you are still living under this condemnation that I know, but I have my thoughts. We all have those thoughts, but you are still over here. You are still an innocent man, an innocent woman, because of what Christ has done for you. You still done what God's done for you, and this will never change by your behavior. Now, don't behave bad, but the thing is, there's nothing to do with that. It has to do with what God has done for you and for me. And so God brings us back to before the fall. Which is just insane. It is so scandalous. What a great gospel that we have. And so Paul is so passionate about this gospel. In verse 23, it says, This is the gospel that I proclaim to every creature. It's a glorious news gospel. And we are so excited about this too. Our mission statement is what? Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Let's try it again. Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. We are so passionate about preaching the gospel. So I preach the gospel all the time. What? All. All of it. I love the gospel. It has changed my life and it continues to change my life. Why? It's good, but the thing is though, it is good, but you may not know it's good. And so the goodness is all about, we talked about last week, yielding to the revelation. It is yielding to the revelation of the new creation. It's just the way it works. The problem is though, we still sometimes don't understand this. Because if we do, then we, then Catherine and I would have an easier life serving this church. Verse 24, now I rejoice, Paul says, in what I am suffering for you and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is his church. Now he, he says, I'm suffering, he says. He says, I am an apostle and apostles will always suffer because apostles are the ones who break through. And it's with the apostleship. And can I say even Catherine and I have this in us. There's something in our DNA that Catherine and I carry to be able even with this church, to lead this church, even when things happen or things are difficult. It's part of our DNA. It's part of the, the grace that God has. The teachers don't have that. The evangelists don't have that. The, the other people don't have that, but we have that. It's the grace that God gives to you. Now, Paul says, I am afflicted, but I love it. He said, I actually rejoice in my afflictions. I actually, because I know because of what I'm doing, something is going to change. Because, and why? He says, because I want the whole body of Christ to know the fullness of what I know of Jesus Christ, what he has revealed to me. I want you to know this. But oh, hell hates it. And so I'm up against all this stuff all the time with the lashes and the boat and the wrecking and the whatever going on, all this stuff. But he did it for us. And that's why he loves it, he says here. I love this persecution because I know what the fruit of this persecution is going to be for the body of Christ. And look at this, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. But he paid for it. Now, Jesus paid for it ultimately, obviously. But he trusted Paul with this message. Amen? He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So important. I gotta have a little thing here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm actually almost done. You will not believe this. Paul, Paul says it. Paul says it. All this unbelievers here in front. Paul, Paul says it is so worth it. I, I don't know what you're going through right now. Now, if it's dumb stuff, then don't do it because you, that's the consequence of your life. But if you're following Christ and you're doing stuff that you know is right and you get hit for it, don't give up. Think about Paul. Think about Jesus. Jesus says in this life, you have trouble, but I've overcome the world. There will be trouble, guys. 
But the thing is, though, is there's this innate passion, innate power, because he says he does it in the power. You see it here right now. He says, I'm called as a minister to fully equip, he says in verse 24, the body of Christ. He says, 25, look here. I have come, become, sorry, its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in all its fullness. See, he's being commissioned by God to present the fullness of the word of God. Now, what is this fullness? I'll keep reading. The mystery, verse 26, that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed or revealed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's just incredible. So he says there's a mystery that was hidden for ages. He's, of course, talking about the Old Testament, the old people. They didn't know this stuff, even though prophetically they should have known this because Jeremiah 31, 31, it's going to be a new covenant coming and all this kind of stuff. But they didn't get it because it's all after the cross. They didn't even get the cross. They didn't even get, you know, they, they even take out, you know, Isaiah 53. They don't even read 50. I mean, all this kind of stuff. They just didn't get it. And the reason why is because it is revealed by the Holy Spirit. And the time was not yet there in those people, in those times. So they did not understand this yet. But for them in the old covenant, the idea that God would start to live in somebody else, in somebody, outrageous, heresy, right? I mean, these guys, they said God is so other, He is so holy, they wouldn't even say His name. They would take letters out of his name because they wouldn't even say and write the name of God. That's how holy he was in this way. Unthinkable that God would live in a person? Really? Obnoxious. Mere mortals. Sinful problems. How is this possible? And then it gets worse. That God would reveal himself as Papa, Daddy, unthinkable. And then it gets worse. That God would actually come and live, like I said before, inside somebody, Christians by the power of the Holy Spirit. Unthinkable. Not possible. I want, you, I want to show you, Paul is showing it to the Colossians how awesome, because he is looking at some of the guys who are going to distract them. Some of the false teachers are going to come and they're going to explain, they're going to see what's going on and they want to pull you back to the old, which has happened in a lot of the, the, the books in the Bible, back to the old like this. So three things we said today, and I'll finish with that. Three things. One, we saw those beautiful scriptures that Christ is the fullness of God. He is God. He is created God. He is awesome. He is powerful, Right? In Him, all things hold together. He is the eternal Word of God, right? But then something happens. He completely empties Himself of that glory, of that fullness. Philippians talks about this. It says actually in Philippians, uh, Philippians 2.7, He says, He empties Himself of the glory of the fullness of God. And you know what He does? He fills Himself, has put on Him, on Himself, the fullness of sinfulness of the whole world through all generations. The sin, not the sin, it's not your little kicking the cat thing. The sin, the, the, the wrong, the, 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 the nick in the cord that happened. Adam and Eve, that whole sin, the boom thing. And because of that, all the sinning started happening. But that thing he took out, 
and he became a sin offering for you so we can be holy and righteous forever. But then, that's the awesomeness. He goes back into glory in the fullness of God, but then the unthinkable. Then he releases the fullness of God into people. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The great I am in you, the hope of glory. Man, that should really put some fear of God in your life, in a good sense. Faith in God in your life, in a good sense. That's just incredible. This is the 81st minute try. Boom. Slam dunk. Well done, old Lex. It's just, this is the clincher, man. This is the clincher. In the old, they would never have seen it. Not possible. But now we live like that. And we go to church and we have all, and we think it's also normal. But what we are sitting on, the gospel that we're sitting on is so outrageous and so beautiful and so powerful and so other that we can never get used to these people. Let also be so, 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 let us so change us and so make us in awe of God. And that's why we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Ephesians 3, may you experience the love of Christ. Maybe he was writing the same thing in the same place, probably the same time in the, in the prison. May you experience, Paul says, the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. It's just not possible. Then you will be made complete with all the, everybody say, fullness of life. All the fullness, come on, say it again. All the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Come on. Can we really understand this? I'm asking you a question. I'm asking myself a question. Can we really understand this? I think we do in some level, but I think there'll be some revelation today online. There will be some revelation today just by my speaking and because of the revelation, because the Holy Spirit will reveal all things to you. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. And the Word of God is your teacher. And there's teachers in the body of Christ like myself and others who are just teaching. And revelation comes if you will allow revelation in your life. Isn't that wonderful that we live in the era of the Holy Spirit? It is so beautiful. Scandal to the old. But glory to the new. Glory to us. I wrote down here, incomprehensible. Genius from God. Totally got Satan on the wrong end, right? This loser marvelous, glorious beyond any measure. And if Paul, Paul says, this is the gospel that we proclaim, verse 28, that's the finish of it. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. See, Christ is working in him, through him. We talked about last year, when you yield to God, the power in him will make this available to you in your mind, in your soul, in your life, and he will carry you and will strengthen you even in the hard times. We sang that song, we praise a hallelujah, like a haka, you know, we praise a hallelujah, because we do, because he is the powerful one in our lives. Amen. There's nothing that's impossible for him. Amen? And so Paul is so passionate about this gospel. I wonder about you and I wonder about me. Are we as passionate about this gospel? Are we as passionate about this gospel telling other people, our neighbor, our workplace person, family members? If they knew this gospel, they would be streaming to churches. They just don't know it. We are there to proclaim it. So I suggest even for church here, please, people, 
connect with your people, bring them to church. Most people that come to church here, some are just like by yourself somewhere in the park and they talk about fun. Most people come to, to, they come to church and evening service, morning service, they come to church because they hear that they see that, wow, it's the body of Christ and blah, 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 worship, wow, the anointing is so strong, wow. And then the preaching of the gospel and the altar call. That's normally people come to Christ. So bring people, people. Bring people. Franklin Graham is going to be here with amazing bands from all around the world. They're paying millions of people, millions of dollars as a gift to the body of Christ. Guys, make sure that you're praying for one, two, three people and make sure that comes. They'll be overwhelmed. The whole stadium with 8,000 people full of worshiping and these bands are this high quality and the preaching of the gospel and they will be saved. Let's believe for the stuff. Let's be passionate as Paul is passionate about telling people about this beautiful gospel because there's nothing better. And you know, he is worthy of it. God is worthy of this because he gave his life, Jesus, King of glory, for us, for the people, for everyone. All, all, y'all, people. Lord, we worship you. We give you praise. You're so awesome, so just incredible. Lord, it makes me worship you for. I was yesterday just in tears as I was preparing this stuff. Just in tears, Lord, because how awesome you are. That the fullness of God that dwells in Jesus Christ now dwells in me. The fullness of God in Jesus Christ by His Spirit dwells in me. In us. Lord, this is so amazing. So, Father, I pray for a revelation to come to each one of us, Lord, of how to live and to release, release this power, release this glory, Lord. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in you. He's in you. He's changed you from the inside out. Oh, I bless your holy name, Jesus. You're so wonderful, glorious. Come on, guys, let's worship him. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. I want to stand together. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Paul, let's sing it again. Let's worship him for everything he's done for us. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to And now think about it really. Really think about it. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. Come on, say it again. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin. Come on, let's pick it up a little bit. Come on. I'll never know. I'll never know how much it costs to see
worship. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Every eye closed, every head bowed. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the eternal Word of God, became a baby for you and for me. When he grew up at 30 years old, he went to a wooden cross. This is the King of glory, the fullness of God, the creator of the universe. He went to a cross for you and for me, and he took the sin of the world upon himself, including yours. And now he says to John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus at this time. He gave Jesus the fullness of God. He gave Jesus so that anybody who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Maybe there's somebody here today and you need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe today you have seen the revelation of how awesome Jesus is and how awesome God loves you. And today is your day of salvation. Online, your day of salvation. Is there anybody in this room, I want to pray in a minute and I want to include you in this prayer of commitment and God will come into your life and His Holy Spirit will come into your life and light will come into your life. Life will come into your life. You'll be a new creation of Christ and you will find a new joy, a peace, a f- everything will change. The light will turn on in your life. You'll go from darkness to light. Anybody in this room, put up your hand right now. I'm watching you right now because I want to pray with you. Anybody in this room, you've never said yes to Jesus or you've been just years away, you basically went away from God and you said, I want to come back to God. Anybody in this room said, man, I need Jesus. Anybody I could pray for today? Anybody online? Jesus knocks at the door, you know. and says, can I come in? I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have a fiesta with you. A fiesta with you. Anybody in this room? Anybody say yes to Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Online. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray. Father, thank you for your goodness, Lord. Lord, we're so overwhelmed by your love for us. We're so overwhelmed by your love for us that you're the King of glory who died for me and bring me to glory. Even the Gospel of John, you said to the Father, come on, let's give them our glory. And Father, thank you that we've been more aware of your glory in us. May it heal us, may it strengthen us. May it help us in our lives, Lord. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we worship you, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give a thunderous clap offering to Jesus Christ? He is the awesome God. He's so worthy of our praise. Thank you, Jesus.